Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing this morning, Robert? Ali, I'm doing great. Uh, maybe we'll talk about the Raiders. Maybe we won't. Uh, I'm hoping that we won't, but uh, let's 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 move on. There's there's so much great news to discover and uh, and and see what the week that was. Uh, and how it all played out, Alec, just with you. Yeah, and it was a great week for me and my picks. I was 10-3 and three against the spread. My only losses were I, I had the Browns. That was one of my better bets, and they totally just did not show up. I had the Rams, but who could have predicted that game? You had two backup quarterbacks. I wouldn't blame anyone for going on either side. And then the Niners killed me with that half point when Robbie Gold missed that extra point i was like oh they're gonna end up not covering because of that extra point and they didn't but Mm -hmm. otherwise 10 and 3 great week for me so i needed a good week i had back-to-back losing weeks so glad to get back in the winning margin so let's talk about those betting trends robert how did favorites and underdogs do over unders what are we looking at yeah even though last night's lot you know the sunday night game had the niners rallying to beat the chargers uh they did not cover uh after Opening seven to seven and a half, they closed as an eight-point home favorite. Did not cover that one. The game did stay under 45 and a half. So uh, favorites for the week went seven and five straight up, but just six and six against the spread, depending on when you bet the number. Right, right. We talk about this so, so much. I mean, for dozens and dozens of episodes, it's it's timing is everything, and it's the closing line value of the selection that you make. Heck, we spent a good amount of time just on that Buffalo game and whether or not the game would close, depending on if Josh Allen was going to play. Uh, but home teams did go straight uh, seven and four straight up uh, six and five against the spread. Of course, the one neutral site game in Munich overs uh, and unders the totals tied six, six. Yeah, so it was pretty even weekend. But yeah, you're right. Exactly where the the spreads close like in my in my two pick em leagues our spreads close on tuesday night so we had for example vikings plus six and a half which i totally jumped over i think it blossomed when josh allen was declared active so about five i'm not sure what the exact closing number but right. robert's right definitely pay attention to how the spreads go during the week i know that's why i said i missed the the niners covering by half point last night because it closed for six and minus six and a half for me on tuesday So I thought I had better value there, but let's move on and not waste any time to talk about some of these marquee games. And we'll talk about probably the most exciting game of the season, Vikings and bills. Robert, I I will say when the bills were up 17 and while they were up by 17 late in the second half, I thought that was it. I was, I was just so happy that in my pick and league, I at least got Vikings plus six and a half. And I was just hoping for a backdoor cover. But for them to come back and win in the most improbable way you could imagine, I mean, what did you take out from that game? Yeah, this and this is exactly, you know, what, what I live for now, right? It's it's not so much, you know, the, the events and how they transpire. It's, it's the absolute chaos that could be football. Uh, one thing that we know that's definitely not chaotic anymore, Ali, is that Minnesota rallies to win games. Right. Uh, you know, they um this is now the fifth time this year uh that Minnesota's come back from behind with two and a half minutes or less remaining in regulation. Um and and they're just they're they're a really, really great, exciting team. Uh by the way, you know that um when 
there was an overtime. Yeah, the game was an overtime already. Uh, Buffalo had 12 men on the field. Buffalo got away with quite a few penalties in that game. <laughs> so there was, I guess, five minutes or so remaining in the overtime period. Um, this was just after that Justin Jefferson catch of the century. Uh, and basically they had Dalvin Cook tackled for a three-yard loss. Kevin O'Connell said, you know, he says, I do believe there was 12 players on the field on that play. Uh, but he's, he wanted to confirm it on tape. Uh, and there were. Uh, so what had been flagged, the Vikings basically would have had first down at the one instead of second and goal at the five. Either way, win's a win. It's just, uh, Ali, maybe we should start worrying about the Buffalo Bills. That was my next question, because if you look at the Bills, the last two games, they lost to the Jets, as we know, and then they lost to the Vikings. A lot of it comes to Josh Allen's play. I think he has something like six turnovers in the past two weeks. He didn't look, I I mean, the first half, he looked great. He looked fine. He, He looked like he was Josh Allen. But then he's making some kind of these these boneheaded decisions, especially throwing two picks in the end zone. I mean, what should the Bills be more worried with, Robert? I wouldn't say so much the defense. They are getting Tredarius White back in the next few weeks. That's going to shore up the secondary. I think they were missing a few other guys yesterday that should be coming back. But is you know we were talking about Josh Allen for weeks as the MVP frontrunner. Is he the reason they're losing? That's a great point. Uh yeah, and you know their defense up until yesterday they've been really, really good. Yeah, uh, not allowing more than twenty-one points in any game all year, and the Vikes dropped thirty-three on them. Uh, so I, I do believe they're only going to get better there, and they've already been very, very good. Uh, so weird. Even like the thirty-three points, like one, like seven of those were was the end zone fumble recovery. So yeah, yeah. it's so true. And it's just, I mean. Just looks they're so good. Everything, everything's just matches up so well with Buffalo. And it doesn't make any sense. They've now lost two straight. They're no longer leading. Forget about leading the conference. They're not even winning their division. They're trailing Miami by half a game. Uh I, I just scratch my head for one more week before I make my call on this. It's just it's just really weird how I, I don't know. I, I guess football's happening, right? Yeah, I don't want to overreact too much because we saw even last year, the Chiefs were, I believe, three and five to start the season. And then they still made it to the AFC championship game. Like teams go, I think a few years when Tom Brady was on the Patriots, they they start out with losing records. It's just this this is more current because it's in the middle of the season that we're we're focusing on this. So I don't want to put too much stock, but I think Robert, and you'll probably agree with me on this. The Bills, two of their three losses are to the are to the Dolphins. And the Jets, two of their division rivals. When it comes to a tiebreaker, right now they don't have the tiebreaker. How significant is that? Very. Uh, where it's just anyone can make the playoffs this year. If, if it's just so loaded, and there's so little separating a playoff spot versus you know looking for a high draft pick, it it really really matters a lot. The fact that they're losing division games may in fact come back and sting them in the end. And just looking at their schedule, yes, they're they're going to be superior down the stretch. And yes, I think that they improved themselves at the trading deadline. So all this could be for naught. I mean, they are six and three still. Right. And I, I just feel that these these games, I mean, they're all they're all super tight. And this is kind of why I've just been, you know, uh, sounding the bell on just keep backing underdogs all year. 
Yeah, I agree with you. So let's switch over to the Vikings, though. Is this is this the statement game, the statement win that they needed? Because even you and I talked about last week when we were when we were doing our picks episode that the Vikings they just really don't have that signature win. They they beat up on a lot of bad opponents. Even in those games, they've only won by one scores. Is this the win they needed to prove they're one of the elite teams in this league? Yeah, I would definitely say yes. And I think what you know cemented our, I guess, frame of reference on the Vikings was that really bad loss to the Eagles very, very early in the season. Uh, and, and then we kind of felt, all right, well, you know, who are you beating? You're beating Washington. Yeah, sure. You know, it's the games that they were playing really weren't that spectacular in, in terms of, um, you know, their, their, their class, right? Basically where they stood in, in terms of, you know, how strong those victories actually were. Well, like I said, They've got one loss, and it was against the Eagles, who haven't lost all year. Uh, and they've beaten everybody else, including Buffalo. So, uh, obviously, they're, they're going to be division champions. That's already a foregone conclusion. I think they, they've they got a path. They've got a path to, you know, I, I'd say it's going to probably be them and the Eagles in the NFC Championship right now. Yeah, and I think Justin Jefferson, I know people have been talking, obviously, about the catch, but also that he belongs in the MVP conversation. I mean, where would this team be if they didn't have Justin Jefferson? Because Kirk Cousins, you know, he's a solid quarterback, but he's not leading a team without, like, if you put Kirk Cousins on the Giants right now, I don't think he does that well with no-name receivers. You know, how how big of a deal is Justin Jefferson being on this team? Gigantic. You're absolutely right. Uh, really not one player that I could think of outside of, yeah, I guess we could just take a look at the top wide receivers, maybe Hill. Hill makes right. a massive difference on the Dolphins, uh, but there's not very many others. Uh, i tell you the honest truth. However, if you, <laughs> okay, here's a fun little prop. I could give you all the wide receivers. You get all of them mm-hmm. to be MVP this year. It, it doesn't matter who the name is, fill in the blank, wide receiver to win MVP I'd still give you at least a hundred to one. Yeah, I agree. There's no way that I was talking. My friend was here earlier today and we were talking about it. I said, when was the last we talked, we've talked about this on past episodes. When was the last time? What was it? Adrian Peterson, the last non quarterback. We can't just focus on one spectacular catch, spectacular game. And Justin Jefferson, he's been very consistent, but there's a difference between catching the ball you know, somewhere between eight to 10 times a game and throwing it 30 to 40 times a game. That That's the huge difference. I still think Pat Mahomes is probably the front runner. Two and not far behind, but Justin Jefferson is definitely the reason that the Vikings are winning along with Kevin O'Connell. He's just done a fantastic job as head coach. They really needed to move on from Mike Zimmer. So I, I do give the Vikings credit for the statement win. I was doubtful on them. I do believe that they are for real this time but it's still a long season to go. Let's move on to a team that probably saved their season, and that is the Packers. They beat the Cowboys in overtime. I did have the Packers covering. I wasn't sure if they would win outright, but once it went into overtime, I had a feeling they would win outright. So let me ask you this, Robert. We all saw in overtime how Mike McCarthy decided to go for it on four and four, fourth and four, (laughs) instead of having them kick a field goal. Is this another just Mike McCarthy blunder? Ali, I can't, I can't take credit for this, but hey, for the first time in years, Mike McCarthy's coaching helped the Packers win a game. I was, that was that's a perfect <laughs> way to say that. He's, I look, 
I love the new NFL, right? I love everyone going for it on fourth down. Just, just go for it. You have the talent. I, I, I'm constantly breaking down games saying, look at how many yards you're picking up per play. So what's four, you know, what's four yards? It's nothing. You could fall forward and get four yards now. Um, but yeah, you got to kick the field goal there. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I'm I'm right with you. And I'm a big Mike McCarthy critic. I, critic. I wasn't a fan of him on the Packers. And I know Greg Zerloin, he's not the same Greg Zerloin we've seen from years past. But you still got to at least give him a chance to kick it. I can see if it's fourth and one. Fourth and two, maybe, but fourth and four, you're really, you're really asking for something, especially on the road. I think that more of this game, I don't want to just focus on Mike McCarthy because Dak Prescott, he still threw two costly interceptions. I don't know what was going on with the Cowboys defense. They're the only team that let Christian Watson do anything all season. But let's let's move to the Packers quickly because did this just save their season, this win? Are are they an outside shot now, or are they a legit threat to win the wild, to win a wild card spot? Oh, uh, no, Allie, no. No, definitely not. They're not winning the wild card. They're not getting in the, into the playoffs. They have to win out. At this right. point, you need 10 wins in the NFC. You have to get 10 wins. You got it. So Green Bay has to win out, and I, I don't see that happening. So, look. Save the season, I guess, you know, we can define that as playoffs. So if, if that's the instance in Alley, no, they're not, they're, they're not going to save the season. It was a, you know, great win, incredible come from behind. Uh, but, I mean, look, Alley, the, the NFC East is probably going to send three into the playoffs. Easily, yep. So, yeah, Green Bay are, you know, nine wins, you know, eight wins, sure. Yeah, but they're not going to get to the 10 that they need to make the playoffs. I actually considered it when I was talking to my friends yesterday. I was like, can the Packers actually make the playoffs? And then I went and I looked at their schedule. They play the Titans Thursday night. They could easily lose to the Titans Thursday night. And then we're talking about their season's done again. But let's just say they do beat the Titans. Then they got to play the undefeated Eagles. Lost. The Bears are probably a given win. Probably the Rams too. But then you got to play the Dolphins and the Vikings. I'm looking at, th- at minimum three losses right here. And that gets you to nine losses and you're not going to have, you're going to be below 500. So no, there's no way the, there's no way the Packers are going to make the playoffs. Not, not this year. Sorry, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Mark. But it was a good feel good win. I'm happy that the Packers did beat the Cowboys because obviously the Giants won. We're back up in second place. So that's always a good thing. By by the way, one last note, Ali. Yeah. Cowboys up 14 or more entering the fourth quarter. Right. 195 and 0 going into that game. Wow. Well, Mike McCarthy got another. <laughs> exactly, Mike McCarthy. Let's pin that on him. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Let's go to overseas. The Seahawks and the Bucks. We talked last week. I the Bucks were one of my top picks. I just thought that there was a lot of factors going into Seattle. I thought that it would be sluggish. They had to travel all the way from the West Coast to Germany. There was a lot more of an hour difference. They were probably very jet lagged. And for me, it showed. They were very lethargic in the first half. They they started to come back a little bit in the second half, but they never really posed a threat. So, Robert, let me ask you, were the Seahawks exposed this game on how to beat them, or was this just the case of it was a tough trip overseas? No, you know what? Okay, so you make a good point here. I may, maybe they were exposed. 
for the first time, I think I we we may see something. So let's take a look at this, right? Seattle's offense has been magic all year, right? right? This run option has just been stymieing everybody. Uh, but maybe it's something where it's not the system, but who they're playing, right? So I dug a little deep in, in the three games that Seattle's offense played versus top 16 defenses. They've scored 7, 17, and 16 points, mm-hmm. averaging 250 yards per game. Right. right. And then in the seven games where they played the bottom 16 defenses, they scored 27, 48, 32, 19, 37, 27, 31, averaging 455 yards per game. Wow. So what do they get? 283 yards. So um, maybe they're just beating up on subpar teams. And when they play playoff caliber or championship caliber, they just – they, they do. They do get exposed. So, Allie, I think if you're right. Yeah, I, I never I would never was a believer on the Seahawks. I really wasn't. I've given them credit, especially when they beat my Giants. But that was a tough trip for the Giants to go play on the West Coast in right. Seattle. Seattle's always a hard place to play. But when I agree with you, I think they were exposed. I'm going to go back and not buy them like a lot of people. I actually think they're going to end up missing the playoffs, if you want me to be honest with you. I've said all season, as many as people have been praising Geno Smith, I'm like, make him throw. If you make them throw, they're not going to win the game. And what happened? They made them throw. They limited Kenneth Walker, who has been their dynamite, to 17 rushing yards. 17 rushing yards the entire game. That was Kenneth Walker the third. And that's how you beat them. Take away the run game. Make Geno Smith throw. He did have a decent game, but a lot of those numbers were in fl- as a result of the second half when they were already down at one point. I believe they were they were down 14 to three, maybe even 20 to three, something like that. So I think that they are exposed now. They do have a friendly schedule. They got to play the Raiders, who we could talk all about the Raiders and what, they, what they're what they like next week. They play the Rams, then they play the Panthers. So those are three winnable games right there. But then, Robert, you got to play the 49ers. Then you got to play the Chiefs. And you have to play the Jets, which the Jets are probably right on par with the Seahawks as are they for real or not. So do you see Seattle making the playoffs? Do they have enough with of a favorable schedule that they will? Look, so... As of right this very moment, they are still, you know, six and four on top of the NFC West with a, a point differential of plus 16. So they're still a, a really remarkable story. And I still think that they're very, very poised to to go in and, and pick up pick up a playoff spot here, which is, is a great, great accomplishment. Just get that far. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Their 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 schedule the rest of the way is probably going to be, you know, 50-50 split, like you mentioned. Raiders is a win, at Rams a win, Panthers win. So that's three. Niners a loss, Chiefs a loss, Jets a loss. So three and three down the stretch. And then against the Rams, uh, guess what? That's that 10th win. So I say yes. I say that they do make the playoffs. It's gonna be tough. I'm gonna lean to I I'm gonna lean no. I'm that that's just me leaning at, no for now because I want to see what the commanders can do tonight. I don't think that they'll beat the Eagles, but I think they'll come in close. But they'll still have an outside shot if they're four and five. And then otherwise, if you I mean, do you want to give Green Bay another shot? Like, are they really gonna maybe turn the corner, Robert? Um no. <laughs> no, I, I, I really don't. I, I just don't think that they're gonna have enough in the tank 
at four and six. Look, so we know that they're not winning the division. Right. If if we need to get to 10 wins, it's not, I really don't think they beat Tennessee. It's not against the Eagles. The Bears, by the way, yeah, they've they've lost, but holy crap, they've really started a massive resurgence by allowing Justin Fields to, you know, to just run. Um, so Rams win, Dolphins a loss, Vikings a loss, Lions, well, they already lost to the Lions. No, I, I don't see it, Allie. I don't. I don't see Packers in the playoffs. Well, crazier things can happen. I could see more of a Seattle collapse, even though they, they are facing bad teams. Carolina, don't sleep on Carolina. They've been playing well. Now they get Baker Mayfield coming back at, at quarterback. They might be in a little bit of a resurgence. They just beat the Falcons. So don't don't write the Panthers off just yet. They might be some disruptors going down the line. But let's move quickly on to the Bucks before we move to the next marquee game. Now, are they a lock to win the NFC South? Like as bad as they've been and they're still not even above 500, are they definitely going to win the NFC South? And there's no question about that, Robert. <laughs> they are definitely going to win the South. There is no question about it. They're the yeah. only team in the division alley uh, that have a plus, uh, a, a positive differential in, in points for against against uh, versus points against. And I just don't think that they're going to be uh, really pushed at all. They've got this division. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought the Falcons could give him a run, but consecutive losses, I think we're going to see Desmond Ritter taking over under center soon. Let's move on to the last game I want to highlight, and that's the it was the night game last night, the Niners and the Chargers. It, Niners started a little slow. Chargers were winning at halftime. I know a lot of the NBCL analysts who had – well, everyone picked the Niners to win. We're kind of regretting their picks, but the Niners did come back. They did win. So let me ask you this, Robert, because the Chargers didn't look bad. But they are still missing a lot of players. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joey Boza. Are when they get healthy, are they gonna make a deep run into the playoffs? I mean, all of Herbert's wide receivers are basically DoorDash drivers, right? They they've got to get better. They have to. I mean, it was a strange, strange game where I mean it literally felt like every Chargers first down. In, in like the second half was like from minus four yards. And then I had to look and it was like, yeah, I think I'm right. Eckler, two yard run, Eckler, 12 yard run. And so, okay, now we got Michelle, two yard run, Eckler, two yard run, Spiller, negative one, Carter, negative two yard pass. It was like, what are they doing? Well, you know, a credit to the Niners defense. They've, they've definitely gotten healthy at the right time. And they, I mean, they just pounded them. They pounded the Chargers so deep that they couldn't, help but to win the game so they're gonna get they they will get healthier and i think they will make a run alley i i think they have i think they could make the playoffs it's gonna be a tough it's tougher in the afc than the nfc because between whoever doesn't win the division out of the bills the jets and the dolphins two of those three teams are probably going to make the playoffs you still have the patriots in in the conversation they're at five and four they're not far off the Bengals are right there the Colts, do they have a late season resurgence after being the Raiders yesterday? The Chargers are, they're just an interesting team to me because they do have a lot of potential. I don't agree a lot with Brandon Staley's moves a lot, especially when he goes for it and fourth downs in some ridiculous situations. But I do think that if the Chargers get healthy, they were my preseason pick to win the West. 
I do think that they could make a run. I, I think that they would be a scary team as a wild card team if they get all their sp- their guys back. But that's if they get all their guys back. We don't know what Mike Williams is going to be like when he comes back. Same thing with Keenan Allen. I think you, losing Rashawn Slater for the year was pretty much the nail in the coffin almost. But they do have a shot. Though let's talk about the the Niners though. We talked about how Seattle might have been exposed. Are the Niners legit now, Robert? Are they going to win the NFC West? Yes. Yeah, they they will. Uh, I, I think that they've gotten really, really strong. They had a, a really bad rash of injuries, and they made through it. Yeah. Uh, back. Yep. They definitely, you know, suppressed all all the damage they took. Uh, now they're you know plus thirty five in differential, three and one at home, three and zero oh in the division. Most importantly. Um, and I mean, look, <laughs> their defense in the second half over the past two games has been like, so of course I, I had to look because, you know, the chargers couldn't get anything going on first down in the second half. So I had to look back Allie. So in the, in the second half, in the past two games, they haven't allowed a single point and they've given up 52 yards and 58 yards respectively. Oh, goodness. Wild, just completely wild. And by the way, um, fun little stat. <laughs> so this is great because of course, um, highest career winning percentage for a quarterback, minimum of ten games since 1950. You ready for this one? It has to be Jimmy G, right? <laughs> wait, wait. Tom Brady at 759. Huh. Daryl Lamonica 766. Okay, I told you it was going back to 1950. Yeah, right. Graham 792. Patrick Mahomes, 783. Jimmy Garoppolo, when not throwing a touchdown pass, is 83% as a quarterback starting minimum 10 games. Wow. Well, he did rush for one yesterday. He did, yes, exactly. That's the whole point. <laughs> Listen, give Jimmy G credit. I was one of the advocates for Jimmy G at the beginning of the season. I did not understand why they were putting Trey Lance in. I mean, I did get it. Because they drafted him so high, you got to start him. But I, I didn't know why people were so quick to write off Jimmy G. The guy got the Niners to the AF, to the NFC Championship game two out of the past three years, plus a Super Bowl appearance. They were close to winning that Super Bowl appearance. I think he's a good game manager. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Tom Brady. But he's a different kind of quarterback, and he fits into the what the Niners want to do. I do think that if the Eagles have to play the Niners in the NFC championship game, I'd be on the Niners for that. Who would you take? Hey, that's actually a great question. Um, No, I'm not going to let the commanders game tonight with the Eagles affect my judgment. I'll just get, you know, put an assumption that Eagles win. Um, You're absolutely right. So neutral field. I think we're going to finally turn this game into a pick. Got it. Which I would lean on San Fran because the Eagles, I haven't seen the Eagles play a defense like San Francisco's defense and they're getting healthier too. I just, that would be a, that's going to be a look. Kyle Shanahan is no dummy. He knew how to coach against the chargers. What were we talking about on Friday, Robert? We kept saying it's Austin Eckler or bus, right? Well, it was a bus. They they stopped Eckler. Eckler did not have a good game rushing wise. So Kyle Shanahan's gonna know what to do to Jalen Hurts when they come with that game. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, we highlighted the four marquee games. I know I didn't get into the Giants because the Giants beat the Texans, and that technically wasn't a marquee game. But Saquon Barkley did rush for 152 yards. He is working his way to getting a long-term contract. Whether the Giants do it or not, that's a different story. But let's move to our first segment, and I call this How Hot is the Hot Seat? Because the weather's starting to get chilly, even L.A. We, it got down in the 60s last week, which is cold for us. So we need to heat things up. Okay, let's do it. All right, Robert, I'm going to name a coach, and you need to give me, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, how hot is their hot seat for coaching? All right, you ready? Ready. All right, Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, okay, Uh, Ice Cubes. He actually just did enough to save his job to be around for next season, I feel. So uh, a three. My, my number is a three for his hot seat. It's not hot at all. <laughs> he, better buy, he better buy Colt McCoy a nice Christmas gift. <laughs> yes. my, no, my friend said that yesterday, too, when Colt McCoy started the game. They're like, how long has Colt McCoy been in the league for? <laughs> Who keeps signing him? And then when he went out because he was injured for a little bit, they're like, isn't that what Colt McCoy does? He goes in and gets injured and gets a new contract. <laughs> I said, pretty much. Just feel like I've ever, no matter like how long we've heard the name Colt McCoy, I just keep thinking about it like he's still like twenty three for some reason. Yeah, just still just proud. on Texas, like trying to beat the the USC Trojans. <laughs> what uh, what number do you give Kingsbury? Um, yeah, I think he saved his job yesterday getting a win. They, they the Rams are a big deal. We talked about how much Kyler Murray has struggled with him as a starter, so I think. Cliff Kingsbury beating the Rams, albeit without Matt Stafford and Cooper Cut got hurt. I mean, the game was already out of control by then. Uh, I think he saved his spot. I I do. I I'd, I'd say about right where you are, three or four. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next one. How hot is the hot seat for Matt Lafleur? So, look, he got an improbable win yesterday. Right. Uh, we already talked that not making the playoffs, his clock management has been pretty much garbage. Oof. Uh, all right, right now it's he's his pot's simmering. Um, we'll put him at a we'll put him at a six. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that number. I think if you asked me last week, I was up in the eight nine category. But he did get a signature win. The Cowboys are a top team in the NFC. So you got to give him credit for that, even though it was probably Mike McCarthy that gave them the win more than <laughs> Matt LaFleur, like you said earlier. Yes. I think, like, like we talked about, if if somehow the Packers can finish the season about eight and nine, something like that, I think he's safe. But I think anything less than eight wins, he's gone. So the Titans game on Thursday night is going to be a big deal. I know that they do get the benefit of playing in Green Bay. I think the Titans aren't as good as their record. A a win against Tennessee, I think, would seal that he'll be back for another year. So let we'll, we'll revisit that next week. Very good. All right, the next one. How hot is the hot seat for Nathaniel Hackett? Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's there's an inferno going on right now for Nathaniel. <laughs> I mean, they're now three and six. They're, you know, they had a bye week to prep for the Titans offense. They got 10 points against them. I mean, zero in the second half. He's he is absolutely dead set on coaching for one season. He is he is uh, there. He's a nine. He's a nine. 
<laughs> I think he's a, I think he's a double digit 10. I don't even think he could like hover over his seat. That's how flaming hot it is. I'm surprised he didn't get fired after that game yesterday, because like you said, you have two weeks to prepare for a Titans team where you didn't know if Ryan and Tannehill was going to start before the game or not. And even, even so you should be, have pre- been preparing for both Tannehill and Malik Willis, and they did not look ready. Their offense still looked like garbage. <laughs> Their defense is just wasting away. They have a good defense and they just can't do anything. Unfortunately for Hackett, Russell Wilson isn't going anywhere because of that ridiculous contract, but Hackett is going to go because I think that the brass is going to try to save face and say they didn't make a mistake on Wilson and they're going to bring in another guy to coach him next year. But Nathaniel Hackett, I don't think he finishes the season. I think he's done. All right. Ready, Robert. How hot is the hot seat for Josh McDaniels? I, I, I look for, for, for lack. I, I, I have no words, right? I simply have no words. Um, <laughs> I was right. I did take the Colts to it. I didn't. I didn't have them upsetting them, but I, I wasn't surprised that they upset them. Let, let me let, let's go. Just start for just just give me this minute, and and that's all I really need. Just give me one minute here. You got it. So, I was one of 115 contestants left in a pretty significant survivor pull out here in Nevada with about $6 million up for the prize. And uh, I took the Raiders yesterday. Oh, no. Yes. So um, I am not going to be a millionaire. Um, Josh McDaniels, I, I want to thank you very specifically for this. Uh, and by the way, yes, it was. It, I did have the New York Giants written down Saturday morning, and I changed it just before the deadline. Never so, change it. Never change. I, I changed it. I did. I did because I said there's no way that the Raiders lose a home game to Jeff Saturday. This is an embarrassment of all embarrassments. And this is not even top four worst loss of the year for McDaniels. He needs to go right now. I want to know why he wasn't fired last night. He is is in an infinite number. There is just take the eight, turn it sideways. That's the level of heat that McDaniels has right now. Why are you still existing as coach? Totally agree. I was so skeptical of the hire because I'm old school that I don't believe in recycling coaches. I don't. That's why even though Jeff Saturday being named interim head coach, he got a lot of flack for it because he hasn't coached above the high school level. But then I said, well, who who's to say some of these coaches like a Levy Smith, Dennis Allen, that have just been failed head coaches, who's to say they're any more qualified than a pro baller who knows the organization in and out. I don't, Josh McDaniels did a terrible job and drove Jay Cutler's career into the ground in Denver. He's had the benefit of playing under Bill Belichick, who I, who let's just even get rid of Bill Belichick. He had the benefit of playing with Tom Brady for years. That's how he made a signature move. I don't, as much as critical as I am of Derek Carr, this is on Josh McDaniels because Josh McDaniels does not know how to run this team. You have Devontae Adams and your team was a playoff team last year and you've literally run them to being the second worst team in the NFC. I agree with you, Robert. He should have been fired after that game. It shouldn't have been Derek Carr crying in the press conference. It should have been Josh McDaniels crying because he doesn't have a job anymore. So I'm with you. I have no sympathy for that guy. I think the Raiders, they just 
push themselves back another few years. There's no way they're going to contend in that division probably for the next five to six years. I really do think it's that long because I don't think they're going to they're going to go. I think that they'll get rid of Derek Carr before they get rid of Josh McDaniels. Just out the Davis like family is just an embarrassment. I'm sorry. No, 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 no apologies, please. This is it. I am put this day down on the 14th day of November. Josh McDaniels, you are officially excommunicado. I don't want to hear your name. You are now officially he will not he who <laughs> will not be named. You gave Matt Ryan the long. I don't think Matt Ryan had 39 career rushing yards. And no. he had a 39 yard run on you to win the game. Get out. You're fired. I I excommunicado. Done. Out of here. <laughs> All right, it's hard to top that one, but we'll take we'll do the last uh, last hot take. Um, so, how hot is the hot seat for Mike McCarthy, Robert? Oh, come on, kick a field goal! What are you doing, man? <laughs> Just kick the field goal. Ah, he's Dallas. You know what? He's probably gonna come back. Uh, I don't think. Nah, four. Four. It's a tepid four. Yeah, you know what? He's gonna get credit because they did yeah. win without Dak. You Prescott. know, and the thing is, they still have a winning record. They'll uh, now. Here's it, like, look, if like, so again, but I, we can't project into the future. We have to go like right now. I was gonna say, like, if they don't make the playoffs, you know, things could change drastically. But of course, it could change for anything. So right now, eh, let's just you know make him a little uncomfortable. Give him a four. I think a four is a fair number because, again, he did win without Dak Prescott while they had Cooper Rush. So you can't totally say that he didn't do a good job. You do have to give him credit, even though I think that was more of Kellen Moore to get credit than Mike McCarthy. But if you look, Robert, at the next few games that the Cowboys have to play, they have to play at Minnesota this weekend. We just saw what Minnesota did to Buffalo. They got to play the Giants on Thanksgiving, which – the Giants, they already beat the Giants once this year, but don't think that the Giants don't have that clear in their heads. Then they got to play the Colts that are a little resurgent. Is there a chance that the Dallas Cowboys lose at least two out of these three next games? Yes, they'll lose one. Right. And there's a chance that they lose two. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so so if there's a way that the Cowboys do lose, say, Say they lose back-to-back games against Minnesota and the Giants, and they're back to being, what, six and six? Right, right. Then (laughs) McCarthy goes from a four to an eight. Yes, he does. (laughs) Yes, he does. Especially, especially how, how, because then they don't have, I mean, they played the Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars. Those are two wins. But then you got to play back-to-back the Eagles and the Titans in Tennessee. The, wh- how poetic justice would it be if the final wild card spot comes down to Dallas and somehow Green Bay and Green Bay owns the tiebreaker against them? <laughs> that would be hysterical. You're absolutely right. Speaking of, by the way, this is a, maybe the toughest game of the entire week, if not the year, to make a line on. But I did, in fact, open up the Dallas Cowboys this coming Sunday, week number 11. I know we'll talk about it in a our yep. next episode, but I opened up the Cowboys as a one-point favorite in Minnesota, uh, but we'll probably touch on that. That's an afternoon game here at 125 Pacific at Baldini's. 
Yeah, we'll definitely touch on that. I I could say as much as I said, I think they lose the next two games. I could probably lean Dallas. That's a, that's, that'd be a tough win to follow up with the Vikings, but we'll talk more about that later this week. All right, let's move on to our final and favorite segment. And that is our buy or sell segment, Robert. Are you ready? (laughs) This is, this is my, definitely my favorite. Let's go. All right. Buy or sell. The bills will be a wild card team. Okay. (laughs) So this is already great, right? We're talking about them as conference champs. And, and, you know, best record in the conference. Now we're not going to even have them win the division. And you know what? <laughs> I, I'm buying it. I'm buying the Bills as a wild card team. Yes. Give me, give me, give me, give me. I agree with you. I think the Dolphins end up winning that division. I know the Dolphins do have a tougher schedule ahead of them, but I think that the Dolphins are just rolling. I don't think Josh Allen is still 100%. I think that the Bills, if they, they probably do better resting him for a game. I don't think they will. But I think when it comes down to the tiebreaker game, that that those losses are going to hurt them. So I agree with you. They're going to be a wild card team. All right, Robert, buy or sell. Jeff Saturday will be promoted to official head coach of the Colts by next season. See, I, I, I'm, I'm you literally just turned me sideways because I'm thinking about the Raiders again. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Saturday. Too soon. Too soon. This guy, uh, I'm, I'm so. It's just I'm, I'm literally like jaded right now. Uh, look. He's promoted to head coach. He literally had no experience. I, I don't. I understand Ursay was hell bent on having him, despite every executive in the building saying otherwise. So, I mean, look, it looks like he just pretty much hired his drinking buddy. I, I say no. I, I think he'll finally have to to repull it and and take a look at another choice. I do not think he will be head coach. So, I am selling. So I'll actually buy this one because I think Jeff Saturday and I, and I feel bad for Frank Reich because I do like Frank Reich, but he came to coach the Colts where Jonathan Taylor is healthy. He just came back this past weekend and you could show it. He ran like 147 yards yesterday. But the thing that looks that I look at when I look at the Colts schedule, they're going to play the Eagles next week and they're not going to probably beat the Eagles or maybe they do. The Eagles have to play on a short week, but I think they beat the Steelers. I don't think they beat the Cowboys. I don't think they beat the Vikings. So there's one thing that Jeff Saturday will have going for him, and that is that he has a tough schedule ahead of him. So I could see Jim Ursay giving him the benefit of the doubt and saying, you did what you could with what you had. We're going to give you a full season with training camp. So I'm actually going to buy that because Jim Ursay is a little crazy for me. So I think a, a, a little. <laughs> I think he'll actually do it. So I'm buying it. Okay. All right. Yeah. If Jeff Saturday, like if not to bring up bad uh, memory, <laughs> but if, if they didn't beat the Raiders, then you don't have an excuse. It's like you couldn't beat bad teams either. You are not a head coach. But if he has to lose to good teams, at least they're going to give him benefit of the doubt. I just feel like that. True. All right. Let's go to the next one. Robert, buy or sell. Oh, I hate to bring up bad memories again. Buy or sell. The Raiders will move oh. Derek Carr next season. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thousand needles to my ribs. It I didn't know you me. picked them or else I would <laughs> The pain. Uh, all right, to answer. Move on from Derek Carr. Move on from everything. Move out of Las Vegas. Get off the planet. Get rid of Derek Carr. Just, yes, I'm buying everything. Anything that allows me to purge the Raiders, I'm buying. Yes, Derek Carr. And this is not my heart even speaking. They're not going to be winners with him. They, they just simply need a different look. Uh, he's not 
he's not going to get you to the 25, 30 points a game that you need. And, and no matter who you bring in, it, it, he's not going to be capable of doing it. I agree with you. I've been saying since the beginning of the season, Derek Carr is not going to lead you to a Super Bowl. He's definitely not going to leave you to a deep playoff run. I think Josh McDaniels, unfortunately, even though we say he's on the hot seat, he's going to be safe because they're not going to move on from him after one season. They'll try with a quarterback of him. Who knows? Maybe Jimmy G comes over to the Raiders. He's going to be a free agent. And I don't I don't know if San Francisco is going to end up signing him. So I think Derek Carr is going to be looking for a new home next year. All right, next buy or sell, Robert. Buy or sell. The Seahawks will miss the playoffs. Miss the playoffs. Oh, no, right. So, yeah, from just our, our notes from today, I, I really do like their outlook. I, I think they pick up the 10 wins necessary. Heck, they might not even need it. They'll probably win the division even if they pick up nine. Uh, so I say they uh, – I am selling. I am selling them missing the playoffs. I'm going to buy. I, I do think they were exposed. I know that they have a, a relatively easy schedule coming up, but I think there's a lot of trap games. Let's not forget they did lose to teams like the Falcons early in the season, so they are capable of losing bad games. I do think that they end up having a little bit of collapse. They're going to have a bye week to get focused and everything, but we'll see. Sometimes a loss like that can really have a damage on you, so I'm actually going to buy and say that they will miss the playoffs. All right, Robert, last one. Of course, I had to get my Giants in here some way or another. Buy or sell. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley will both be Giants next season. How incredible is this? I mean, it's it's really, really amazing. I don't know. You know, okay, no, no. So to answer your question, yeah, I'm 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 already veering off of the topic, but yeah, definitely yes. I say yes, both of them are coming. I'm buying Daniel Jones and Barkley. Both be giants as key contributors to our offense, Allie. How about yourself? Yeah, you got to buy. I said that I'm leery about giving Saquon a long-term contract because of his injury history. I believe we can still place the franchise tag on him. Either way, I think we're definitely going to put the franchise tag on Daniel Jones. I think we'll give him one more year to see what he can do. Yep. But especially if the Giants get in the playoffs, even if and especially even more if they win one playoff game. I think it's going to be hard to try to blow up this team when you have it. You just have to keep building around him. I'd still love to see Daniel Jones once he gets competent receivers, which let's talk about again real quick, Robert. Kenny Galladay, what the biggest waste of money in New York Giants history. He had two targets yesterday, dropped both passes, and I agree with Brian DeBall for for benching him. Is there anything we can do to compensate for that contract? Yeah, you see. So now I've – no, okay, first off, no. And I – um, I, I want that purged as fast as humanly possible because that was pre-day ball, you know, you know, pre-management kind of a of a signing. Yeah. However, the one thing that I am a little on edge about, did you see Tony's touchdown? Oh man, that was a dagger. So, but did you see how he celebrated the dance? Oh yeah. The fake he, injury. He starts hopping with a fake hamstring injury. That was um, my friend said that to me. He's like, "Isn't that illegal to fake your injury?" I said, "You would think." <laughs> he straight up said, "Yeah, here's here's your hamstring injury, folks." All right. Um. By the way, Kansas City's just looking incredible right now. That deal for them was clearly a steal. Um. Once again, I Tony, I, Tony is the exact definition of the David Gettleman era. Era. He yeah. is the guy that the clown that you draft. 
and he just screws around with your franchise for a year and a half and then it's up surprise yeah i'm actually that good you're right you know what here's the thing right if if we can we well i just uh, own the giants with you uh if the number of victories that the Giants have amassed already are, are so great with literally no passing game, I'm afraid to see what would happen if we get a star wide receiver one. A few people ask me if I think Odell's coming back. I don't think Odell's going to come back. I think that he would go and sign with Kansas City, maybe Buffalo before that he signs with the, the Giants. And I don't, it's just, you know, it, it didn't work out the first time around. I, I just don't think that there's a repairable relationship there. Not to say I wouldn't welcome him back because he's always been one of my favorite players, but I agree. It seems like Daniel Jones is getting it done with these guys. A few years ago when Daniel Jones was only a rookie, I thought he had great chemistry with Darius Lee, and, it, and it's been proven the last few games. Yeah. I think you could definitely build on some of these guys. I don't think you have to go out and get like a Tyreek Hill, a Devontae Adams. While they're all nice – I think you just need a solid slot guy, which maybe Wanda Robinson can be it. Maybe you find some guys in the draft to build up, but I don't think that you go out and sign like a Kenny Galladay, like we did in free agency, build in the draft, get some young guys that are hungry, that want to be part of the organization. Don't go and get these like aging veterans. No, you're right. You're absolutely right, Allie. Well, that is all the time we unfortunately have for today. This was another fun episode We do have the Eagles and the Commanders tonight. Robert, what are the odds real quick for that game? For which game, Ellie? Commanders and Eagles. Uh, That's right. So we uh, opened this one up as a 10. Immediately got bumped up to 11. So, Allie, it hasn't moved from there. Eagles at 8. No, they are an 11-point favorite hosting the Commanders with a total of 43.5. So this is still a division rivalry game. I always I always maintain if I get double digits, I'm going to take the underdog in a division rivalry game, especially in primetime. I think they do step up. I'm going to go I'm going to take the Commanders to cover. I don't think they're going to win. I think the Eagles are still going to win, but I can definitely see a backdoor cover. 11 is just too high of a number and the Commanders defense actually has been playing pretty well as of late. Who are you taking, Robert? Big big number. Normally I lean with you very heavily on Monday night dogs and under uh, the latest news from very early this morning after they, you know, gave the legs a test, definitely uh, no chase young today for, for Washington. And then uh, obviously, you know, their, their um, running backs are going to be really, really hurt. And Jonathan Williams is questionable. Uh, that came out early this morning. His knee is still wonky. And obviously JD McKissick was out, uh, you know, from a couple of days ago, he's, he's definitely not playing. So this one probably is going to lean towards Washington needing a lot of help late. I think that the Eagles do cover this one. All right. Well, we will both be back this week to talk about our picks. We'll be back Wednesday. We'll preview the Titans and the Packers game. That should be a good one for Thursday night. And before we sign off, Robert, any last words of advice for the audience? Yes. Two words. McDaniels excommunicado. Uh, I'm not going to even bring that up anymore. I'll, I'll, I'll bypass next time we have to do a Raiders pick because I know you'll just be picking against them the rest of the year. <laughs> and watch, and they'll start winning. <laughs> always what happens. Always what happens. All right, everyone. We'll take care. Bye-bye.